This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. This episode is sponsored by The Latte Co. If you follow me on social media, you'll know that I make Milo smoothies all the time and I'm always putting a powder in them. That powder is created by The Latte Co. It is 100% plant-based. They have a baby latte, which is for 12 months and up, and then a kiddo latte, which is what Milo is using right now, which is for 24 months and up. You can put the powder in just water, you can put it in smoothies, you can even throw it in baking. It's made with organic, whole food ingredients, it contains more calcium than cow's milk, has a huge range of vitamins and minerals, it is gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and it is nut-free. I'll just read off some of the ingredients here. So hemp hearts, pea protein powder, grinded flax seeds, beetroot, green cabbage, kale, broccoli, tomato, pumpkin. I mean, it goes on and on. I consider this stuff my secret weapon and it's so nice to give Milo a smoothie that has this powder in it and I know that he's getting a bunch of nutrition. The awesome people at The Latte Co. would like to give you guys 10% off and free shipping on your first order with the promo code THEMOMROOM10. You can find the link in the episode notes or you can simply go to thelatteco.com. I cannot recommend this stuff enough. So remember, it is promo code THEMOMROOM10 for a 10% discount and free shipping. www.thelatteco.com Can I swear or no? Yep. Okay. Because sometimes I do. And then I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I always, that's like my most asked question on the podcast is, can I swear? I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> but you know, what? I do like, I haven't listened to all of yours. So sometimes like, and people now know mine that I, I cuss like a sailor. Like I swear all the time. And um, so it's like, don't listen to it in the car with your kids. But I don't, you know, I don't know, like the rest of your content, if it's super kid friendly. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're a good match. Um, yeah. So today I am speaking with Jamie Glowacki. She is a potty training and parenting expert. She is the author of Oh Crap Potty Training and Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. And when I was thinking about potty training our son, everybody was like, you need to get this book. So I've had it for a while. I've read probably three quarters of it because we're just in the beginning stages of potty training our son. Um, Jamie and I have something in common in that we swear a lot. Uh, my parents, <laughs> my parents always tell me like, watch your mouth. You swear a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but I enjoy it. Like I find it makes sentences more interesting and it's entertaining. So, um, yeah, so I'm with you on that one in the swearing. I tell people I scored perfect on my verbal SATs. This is a choice. It's not because I don't know the big words. <laughs> And there's actually research out there that shows that people who curse a lot are more intelligent. Like they tend to score higher in intelligence tests. So, you know, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So there, there you go. Um, so yeah, people who are listening know that my husband and I are potty. Done. He's 28 months old. Um, and I know in your book, you say like, don't post on Facebook if you're potty training uh, your child, but 
that is my job. I share everything online. And so everybody knows where we're at in the potty training. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. We have a lot of information that we want to cover and we're going to do our best through it. But if you want more information, more detail, definitely pick up Jamie's book. So I thought you could talk a little bit about when people should start. Yeah, I think when is like even a better question than how. So let's, let's dissect that sentence. So people are like, oh, I don't know what method I'm choosing. So before I even talk about when, let's talk about methods because there's only one method of potty training. You take off the diapers, yeah. period. That is potty training. What happens next is what everybody fears, right? So don't get caught up in like, methods of potty training, take off the diapers, that's it. Uh, when, so I don't like to use the term ready because it's too loose. And so when parents say, well, I'm just gonna wait till he's ready. And I say, cool, what are you looking for? Yeah. And I get a blank stare because nobody has any idea. So what I'm gonna wait till he's ready means really is I have no idea how to do this. I'm nervous as fuck. So I'm gonna wait. So hopefully they do it by themselves and I actually don't have to do it. So that's what that means. Yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of scuttlebutt and there's a lot of scuttlebutt of like, if your child has a hard time potty training that you need to wait till they're ready. This is nonsense. So the ready is just the wrong thing. I like to say, wait till they're capable. So mm. back in the, you know, back I researched potty training and um, back in the 1940s was when uh, Dr. Spock wrote his first book, which was, um, it was the first time that we understood that children had feelings actual feelings. And so like the idea that you needed to be a little bit kind and treat your child like a human because they might grow up into maladjusted adults was brand new. He was wow. ostracized by other doctors, right? Like children were beaten, they were seen, not heard the whole nine yards. So after, and I call him sort of the grandfather of um, attachment parenting because he was the first one on the scene. Prior to that, potty training, potty training practices were pretty abusive, right? Including like tying kids to a potty chair, to the toilet, um, soap suppository, so they would poop sort of when it was convenient for you, that kind of thing. So um, the pendulum in attachment parenting started to really swing in one direction, like in the 70s and 80s. And it became wait till they're capable. So like, don't torture a nine month old, you know, and I know there's elimination communication, that's a whole nother thing, but don't torture a kid who may not be capable of doing this yet. You know what I mean? So capable is the better question. And to me, capability almost always falls between 20 and 30 months. You can potty train at 16 months. I have a large clientele who does so. You can potty train at 36 months, you know? The cultural norm though keeps shifting later and later and I'm super opposed to it because in, it's infantilizing our kids and it's, it's infuriating to see four-year-olds whose parents are waiting till they're ready. They're not gonna be ready. The, the point for readiness already moved on. So there's a couple of reasons why 20 to 30 months makes out a really good time to potty train. It's a developmental lull. So prior to this, your child's been working on their basic skills, eating with a fork, you know, um, walking. Now they're, they're really good at walking. Probably now they're gonna start running and climbing and, and working those skills and honing those skills, separation anxiety. They've mastered a lot of skills. And now you get to coast developmentally until the next big milestone, which is individuation. And that's not even the one that a lot of parents realize is a milestone. This typically starts to hit around three, which is why we have the term three-nager. It's when your child figures out they're separate from you. Before this milestone, you're at, your child actually thinks you're one. So if they bonk their head, they literally think you feel the pain. 
So they're really enmeshed in you. And at around three, they start to realize they're separate. Well, what happens when you realize you're separate from your parents? This is also what teenagers go through. It's the age of free will and choice. It's the age of no. It's the age of the sky is so blue today. No, it's not. It's pink. Like, like whatever you say, you're going to get blowback just because your mom, just because that's their developmental job. If you want to add pee and poop on top of that, go for it. But I'm telling you right now, pee and poop is the only thing, think about this closely, it is the only thing your child will control, will literally have control over for the rest of their lives. So if you have a spirited child, if you have a child who yanks your chain, if you have a child who just tells you in toddler language, fuck off, you're, you're in a boatload of trouble if you wait till that milestone, because the, the power struggles. Now the child might be like, you know, of course, they're going to be smarter, they're going to be more capable in a lot of ways, but you're going to have that blossoming personality that can make it so difficult. Before 20 months, it's still doable, but you're looking at a longer learning curve, which is fine. It's great. Like if you're a stay at home mom, you have time, you're, you know, it's a longer learning curve. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that time. So yeah. So would you say, because I know we did it because there was a stretch of time, like I thought he was capable of doing it just because of some of the behaviors that he exhibits. Um, And so we took the time to do it over Christmas holidays because my husband was off work. We were both at home. It's quarantine. We couldn't go anywhere. So we were like, this is perfect. Um, And so the next step though, that I was afraid of is him going to daycare. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know a lot of people struggle with this because different daycares have different rules when it comes to potty training. And it's not always like we lucked out and they were just willing to kind of adopt what we were doing and try to yep. do it there. Do you have any recommendations for what parents should do if they have worked hard on potty training at home and they've gotten to a certain place with potty training and then now they have to send their kids to daycare? So is there anything that you recommend for parents? Well, I recommend, you know, preparing for that eventuality, which is what you did. You you took a really good chunk of time. So you kind of have to do a little future planning, right? Like how is my how old is my kid now? When's the best time to do this? Listen, that I just listed my perfect age for potty training, but re, in reality, my book is not about the kid. My book is about you, the yeah. parent. I, I wrote that book so you feel secure, you feel ready, because you being ready is far more important than your child being ready. So that's the point of that. What did you ask me again, though? The Oh, daycare. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So the thing is, is, you know, this is a skill that is private and it, it comes from the genitals. It comes from the anus, which is incredibly private. And you know this, if you've ever had to poop and you go into the Target multi-stall bathroom, your poop's not coming, especially if you think you're going to fart with it. There's no way, right? (laughs) So, you know, like we got to have some sympathy for the kids, right? So it's a skill best learned at home, without a doubt. So the more time you can have at home, the better. Um, One of the reasons I'm so against three-day potty trainings is because they give parents the illusion that this is going to take three days. So your parents who both work outside the home or now work in the basement on Zoom, they're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to be done in three days. No. And let me tell you, three or four days is not enough time to go to daycare. It really isn't. So if your kid's in a daycare situation and has to be because because of work, right? Not just because like it's social time or whatever, I would find a time that you can string together as many days as possible. Now, Mm -hmm. as far as daycare, I do have a daycare course because literally when I tell you there are millions of combinations, like I couldn't even give you broad strokes. I will say this, check in with your daycare and check in on a couple of things. And it's worth checking out well in advance of potty training because 
what happens is daycare can be so contentious that some parents leave the daycare. So you kind of want to make sure you have options. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Um, I, I have found almost across the board that daycares will say they're going to work with you and then they don't. So right. if your daycare says they're not going to work with you, believe them and they're not going to work with you. So that's going to be extremely hard for you. And believe me, this pisses me off because it screws the working parent because after daycare is preschool where they have to be potty trained. So yeah. working parents get fucked always. It's I'm sorry. It's just, but it infuriates me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I would you know definitely check in a couple of things that you really want to be aware of 
Is the bathroom under lock and key and absolutely needs one-on-one -on -one teacher supervision? That is a bad situation that hasn't factored in child development. And that's the more worrisome thing besides potty training. So a newly potty trained kid is not gonna have literally their shit together enough to ask, have the patience to get the teacher who's gonna get the key to walk down the hall to unlock the door. That's, ex that's ex a lot. Um, what is the situation? Are there big toilets or are they the little toilets that are just close to the ground? Are there potty chairs? Like I would suss out all those things. So then you have a better idea of how to help your child as you're potty training. Hmm. And then you can say things like, hey, let's use the big toilet because at school, you're going to use the big toilet. So that way you can do a lot of pre, um, uh, what am I, filling the child with the right ideas, like as you are doing it at home. Right. So that's what I would, I would definitely do though. The biggest marker I would say is the, like the toilet setup. Cause what, if it's under lock and key, it's a really sketchy situation. Do you recommend that put underwear on under the diaper or like, is there? No, that's not, that's nothing. Don't do anything. You guys, listen, that's a really good point. Don't do anything weird with the diaper. A diaper is a diaper. And if your child has to wear a diaper, wear a diaper. If you put underwear on under the diaper, like, I also have people that they struggle with poop and I don't, doctors are saying this, put, cut a hole in the diaper. That's crazy talk. Like, no. <laughs> so like, don't do anything weird with the diaper. Um, uh, I, it just depends. It really depends on the situation. It's so individual. Um, I do say though, like most daycares will give the kid a good week to, yeah. to really try and bring in lots of clothes, lots of big zip locks. So nobody has to be bothered, maybe even gloves, latex gloves. So like, the teacher doesn't have to be bothered. Um, they'll usually give you a week and they'll wanna see some sort of progress. So like typically the first day back can be like three accidents, but then the next day the kid's all set. Yeah. It really, really helps if other kids uh, are potty training um, and a bathroom buddy can be super helpful. Like just one kid that can, they can go to the bathroom together so that your child, it's really hard if your child's the only one doing it because then they feel like odd man out. I would check in if your child's struggling. Sometimes the kid doesn't want to leave the thing they're doing because it's going to get taken away if they go to the bathroom. So a lot of daycares put into place, like they get like an index card or something. The toy gets removed so that when your kid comes back, they can resume what they're doing. We're potty training our son. And I, I think something that I hear all the time is, oh, boys are harder to potty train. And I don't understand why. I'm not sure if that's true. <laughs> Please tell me, like, why, why do people true. say that? It's not true. But okay, so this, okay, this infuriated me mostly because I have a boy. So I was like, are you telling me my boy's like stupider than girls? Like, why would, why would this be? Particularly because the penis is so much easier to potty out in public. You can have yeah. him stand in the car and pee in a jar. Right. So I could not figure this out. I literally did so much research, just even even on biology and just like, where are the nerve endings? Where are the nerve endings in girls? Where are the nerve endings in boys? What you know, why would this be the case? And then finally I locked into it. So may, the male limbic system is 50% slower than women's. And it's not a judgment, it's just it's smaller, it's slower which is why our men generally don't process the way we process. How often have you been like, honey, and he's like, wait, what? Right, didn't even catch the first fucking sentence, right? That's yeah. right. They're very linear and they're very um, direct. And of course, this is a huge generalization, but A to B, B to C, C to D. Mm -hmm. Women, just, you know, genetically speaking, to, you know, DNA, we're like, we're a hundred browsers open and we know what's yes. going on in every single one. Right. 
And I remember going to a party like with this guy I was dating years ago. And I was like, oh my God, could you believe like what was happening? So-and-so was fighting with so-and-so and this one said that one. And, blah, blah, blah. and he was like, yeah, the beer was in the fridge. Yeah. Like that's, that's it, you know? So now what's happening is the male, generally speaking, is being potty trained by the head female. Mm. That's what makes it more difficult. So you're used to communicating the way a female communicates. And he is a male with a limbic system. Well, most, most kids, most toddler limbic systems work on the same level, but generally speaking, direct uh, commands work best with boys. So hmm. think of, and I'm not trying to insult your kid because the average dog is your average three-year-old brain. So think of how you would talk to a puppy. Like we might say, oh my God, I love you so much. But we know if we want them to do something, it's sit. Yeah. Right. We don't say, I would be so happy and proud of you if you would sit down because that would make mommy really happy and it's going to be make you a big, we don't say that, right? So little boys, it's the best thing. I swear to God, like go, yeah. pants, sit, pee, up. It's <laughs> like direct commands because they're not necessarily tracking the 17 browsers. Right. So that, that is, is where so, that comes from. Yeah. That's so interesting because I am like, you know, psychologist, like I talk, I'm, I'm very much like what you just described, like mm -hmm. sit down on the potty. We're going to go pee and then we're going to go do this. And, you know, like, yeah. da, da, da. and, and he was struggling and I started to kind of back away and I let my husband just take care of it one day on the weekend. Yep. And so I'm like hiding in the kitchen and I can hear like my husband in the other room, just like, okay, push your penis down. Pee pee's coming. And then it was just like, cheers, like, hooray, yay. And I'm like, what? So now I'm always leaving the room and I let my husband kind of just, and it's been working amazing. And something that I never thought to do was my husband will leave him in, in a room. So his potty is there. He's playing with his toys. And my husband will just say, your potty's right there. If you have to pee, you go pee pee on the potty. And then my husband leaves and goes into the kitchen and starts making breakfast or whatever. And then my, my son just goes pee on his own. And it's yeah. like, so, wow. <laughs> well, number one, that is the throwaway prompt. So I say that a lot, especially if your kid's resisting, that's what you want to do. They're only resisting because you're in the room. Don't buy a ticket <gasps> to the show. Yes. So like, that's like a drive-by, right? Potty, your potty's in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's really funny because when I work, I work both with parenting and potty training with private clients and dads like feel so validated to hear this because they're like, I told you, you talk too much. And I'm like, we women, it's our responsibility. I call it shaving language. Wherever you can shave language, especially with our, with our men and our boys and find the nugget of what you mean, your life will be so much easier. And I shared yeah. this with my 14 year old son when he was like 11. And he, I said, do I talk too fast? And he was like, all the time. <laughs> and I said, do I say too many things at once? All the time. And now we just have a thing. He's like, must stop too much information. What do you want me to do? And I'm yeah. like, right. Why do I have to give the backstory? And why do I have, and I have to throw in a little guilt. Cause like, I might, all I want him to do is do the dishes. Yeah. Like I can just say, do the dishes and he'll do it, but not me. I got to launch into the, yeah, I do everything, you know, in the backstory. And so yeah, shave your language and you'll find you'll be so successful. So no boys are not harder to train than girls at all. If people, I know a lot of people on my social media are thinking about potty training soon. They're kind of like, you know, on the edge of starting. What would be your advice to parents who are like about to step into potty training? How can they prepare? What should they be doing? For me, 
I, I, I feel like I had to mentally prepare. We are doing this that like you set the date and then it was fine. A couple of things I would be prepared. I would pick, like, I don't, honestly, I don't care if you use my book, but pick something and stick with it. And we'll go back to your, like, I get that it's your job to be on social media and document. So you're probably immune to like, you're documenting, you're not going on to ask for advice and you might crowdsource to get ideas or to help other parents, but you're not gonna crowdsource. The problem with this is we're a generation of parents completely unsure of themselves because we have access to too much information. And all of it is like super polarized. If you spank your child, you're gonna raise a sociopath. If you don't spank your child, you're gonna raise a sociopath. So like, it's just super polarizing. So when, if you're a little unsure about yourself and you post on Facebook or Instagram, you're going to get 64 conflicting comments. And then it's going to really shake your resolve. And you're going to go, well, this one said it. And I don't know why, but this milestone makes people into fucking experts. And it irritates (laughs) me like, well, I have two kids and this is how you potty train. No, you have two kids under your parenting roof with your DNA. Like it's not the same thing. I literally have two clients right now that have six and seven kids respectively. And it's their youngest that's being the little shit. Like you think it's seven kids, you're somewhat of an expert, at least in your house, you know? (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I would say that like get mentally prepared, but also do not get strung out, lock into your kid. You you know, I tell people all the time, I'm the expert because I've got a Mary Poppins bag of tricks. I'm not an expert because I know your kid better than you. That's any expert who says that it's full of shit. You and you alone know this child better than anybody. So lock into that kid and find that bond. Don't take, like when some people say, oh, I followed your book to the letter. Don't take my book as a guide and then smudge it like squinty eyes. You know, like those magic uh, pictures, like squinty eyes and just, you know, adjust as needed. And if I say something that doesn't resonate, fuck me. I'm not like, I'm not in your life. You know what I mean? Um, So that's what, it's not a measurement of your parenting. So that's what I would like really wrap your head around. I would also wrap your head around. I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. Don't try. Just do it. Just do it and know that your kid's capable. And if they struggle, I always say this, you know, you guys aren't there yet, but when you send your kid off to kindergarten, are you going to be like, I hope this works? Yeah. No, you're going to send them off to kindergarten because that's what, you know, what's going to work or not work. Your kid's going to learn. Are they going to run into bumps? Are they going to struggle? Sure. You don't take them out of kindergarten. Yeah. You help them. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, on a practical side, I would, like I said, get as many days in a row as possible. Um, I know it's a lot different now with parents working from home, which can be good and bad. Like, don't think just because you're home, like really make sure you can attend to your child, especially those first days. On that note, in those first days, it's a marathon, you guys. So do not Netflix binge, no bottles of wine at night, like literally treat your life like it's a marathon. So you can be the best teacher. It's boring as can be that first day or two. Like you just really have to watch your child. You wanna be in the best shape you can be. So get good sleep, eat well. I would also say prepare food for the next couple of days so that you don't have to like turn your back. The minute you turn your back, your kid's gonna pee on your floor. I can tell you that without a doubt. So like prepare snacks. Um, have a lot of, it's wise to have like picnic snacks available because you don't want to lock your kid in a high chair the first couple of days. Cause the minute they sit, they'll probably pee. So that's a good idea. Um, potty chairs. I love potty chairs. Go grab 17 of them. They should be in every room. I don't care. I'm not tied to that. Bathroom etiquette will come, but when your child first has the idea that they have to pee, they have like one second. Yes. So you want to, you know, you want to have that available. Um, 
I don't recommend fancy potty chairs. I recommend like baby Bjorn, just a basic chair. Uh, what else? Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's just like stay as chill as you can. Yeah. We put a potty in the room and like we, the potty follows him. Like if he's playing in one room, it goes there. And then if he goes into the TV room, it's there. And it's funny because I, I know that he wants privacy to go and we wanted to kind of help him get comfortable going poop because that's our struggle right now is the poop. So I built him like a little potty house with a wardrobe box because we had just moved here. And so I put Toy Story stuff on it because that's his favorite. And I set it up in the room and I put his potty in it like a little outhouse, basically. And like you were saying, people on social media, uh, why can't he just use the bathroom? Like, you know, going on, like giving me trouble for doing that. And I was like, oh my God, everybody calm down. Especially I want him to be able to have access to the pod for him to use the powder room. He has to go through a gate. So he has to ask us to open the gate to go to the powder room and climb up on the toilet. He needs help because the stool is, he still can't do it on his own. People are such bullshit on social media anyway. Like it irritates me because you don't know my house. Maybe I have an outhouse and I live in Alaska. Yeah. Like stop. You don't know my, my stuff. Yeah. I tell people all the time too, like some people will ask me, you know, oh, he won't sit on the potty. He runs under the table, put the potty under the table. Like he's yeah. just looking for privacy, put it behind the couch. You know what I mean? It is tricky in those first couple of days because they need, they need us, but they want the privacy. So a lot of times too, get the kids situated be like, Oh, I forgot something. I'll be right back and just leave yeah. the room. This episode is brought to you by GroCo. You guys know that I am obsessed with the pelvic floor and I am obsessed with postpartum recovery. And postpartum recovery does not stop at the six-week mark. It continues for a lifetime. For me, I did not notice any issues down there until Milo was about 18 months old. I started to notice that if I was holding my pee and I had a full bladder and I sneezed, I would leak. When I would do a TikTok dance too hard in my kitchen, I would leak. I also started to develop really bad lower back pain that didn't feel like a typical sore back. I saw a pelvic floor physio and I started doing the GroCo classes and I am happy to report that I am not leaking and my low back pain is gone. I had no idea that low back pain could be a result of a tight pelvic floor and leaking too. I think we often assume that if you're leaking, you're weak down there, but that was not the case for me. I was too tight and I needed to learn how to relax those muscles. And these are all things plus so, so, so much more that you will learn as a member of GroCo Postnatal Rehab. The GroCo methodology is aimed at preventing, reducing, and resolving symptoms women have been made to think are an inevitable consequence of childbirth. Classes stream 24-7, so you're able to do them whenever it works best for you. There's also a weekly live class with a GroCo doctor and also a monthly master class. The next program starts February 9th and there's 15 spots available. You will work for 10 weeks in small groups with a GroCo postnatal doctor and you'll also have lifetime access to GroCo Fitness and Rehab Studio online. You can save $100 on your lifetime membership to GroCo right now by clicking the link in the episode notes. Your pelvic floor will thank you. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. 
We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. I love your fee on parenting and how you say things are polarized. You know, my son is 28 months. And since he was born, I felt like every major thing in motherhood or parenting is completely polarized. There's people on this side, there's people on this side, and you're kind of wanting to take bits from here and there. And it's like, no, this is bad. No, this is good. And it's like, oh my gosh. And I, I like how you say you're an expert in your child, nobody else, because you can find information and research to back up any side of the argument. So it's oh my like, God. So figure somebody out- tags me on social media, right? That it's this article about no concrete studies have done on potty training and like what's best child-led and parent-led and huge amount of responses and child-led and parent-led. Blah, 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 blah. And like they tagged me and I was like, stop overthinking it. It's fucking pee and poop in the potty. Like don't make <laughs> we're going to study potty training like for millennia this has been done and without issue like you know even cavemen I'm sure went outside the cave like we don't pee and poop where we sleep and so like let's just (laughs) so the over the amount of overthinking like just don't overthink it my goodness and listen I was a social worker in San Francisco with probably the worst population known to man do um dual diagnose addicted mentally ill moms never did anybody cite potty training as the reason they went crazy. So please stop thinking this is like this psychological event because it's not. It's literally yeah. pee and poop in the potty. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we will get into a few of the stages or or a little bit of each stage. Um, so the first one is pee and poop on the potty while they are naked. Um, and this is with or without prompting. So what does that look like? these are blocks. So what Renee is reading are, I call them blocks of learning. So what happened is I early, the very first version of my book, when it was a PDF, it was three days. Three days is what takes your average kid to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. But then I realized parents were too wrapped up in that. But also we've become a quantifiable uh, society. We want data, we want quantifiable. And parents were telling me, I want to know this. And I was like, whoa, this is intense. But all right, let me figure this out. So the blocks of learning are really meant to like, if you think of a kid playing with blocks as a tower, if you knock the tower down, usually the only thing standing are the most stable ones, right? So you can back up the process. So if anywhere along the way, something gets a little screwy, back up to the, the next block, the previous block that you were successful at. So that's what that's, and it's meant to give you real quantifiable things to look for so that you know you can move on. So block one is naked. The most important part of this block is with or without prompting. There is this horrible thing with potty training where literally, I hear this, I see it all the time on social media, where 
you're supposed to throw your kid to the wolves. So you teach it in a day and then they're supposed to get it on their own with no accidents. Okay. And that's not true. And the self-initiation does not come till block five. So it's you telling them you're, you're noticing the signs or not. So block one typically lasts about a day, maybe two days. If you're potty training under 20 months, it may take three to five days. Okay. And this is naked because if you have your kid with pants on, they are going to wet the pants. And by the time you see the wetness, they will have emptied their bladder and the learning opportunity will be lost. So that first day, you're just kind of watching them like a hawk, nothing, no social media, no TV, no phones, no nothing. Okay. <laughs> and you could call it really boring, or you could call it an opportunity to bond really well with your child. And it is kind of fun because you start noticing all these things that you might not have noticed on a daily basis. But you are looking for like the first sign and their child's going to be naked. So they're going to show some kind of sign as they start to pee. And then you're, you have the potty chair right next to you. And then you say, oh, oh, oh and you just get them to the potty as relaxed as you can. And within the, ooh, should be like, ooh, ooh, hold it. Not like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> oh, clearly, if you have like nice rugs, I'd roll them up, you know? <laughs> I mean, there is bound to be a little pee or poop on your floor. So probably not poop, but pee. Um, and then usually it takes like, I don't know, even before noon sometimes for some kids, it's like they they get it. You see the light on, you know? So they should be able to sit when you prompt or even if they go on their own. If they walk over to the potty and go on their own, you are not done. So do not think like, woohoo, I got a rock star. They're very unreliable on that, that first stage. So um, then you move on to block two, which is putting pants on. So like a lot of kids, and you'll probably see this on social media, they do great naked. It's when you put the clothes on that it gets tricky. Um, so you wanna move to this block kind of fast because you don't want your kid to be stuck in naked potty training. Um, unless you live on a nudist colonist and that's, <laughs> then that's fine. So um, yeah, this is just literally commando, pants commando. So what that means is no underwear because underpants, generally speaking, have the same snugness around the upper thigh and the waist so that they feel like um, they have the same feeling as diapers. So then you end up with a muscle memory that put the underpants on and they pee right through it. So I would say that's another really common mistake I hear about who, for people who like didn't have a plan, you know, kind of just thought they just you know, start doing it on their own is they put underwear on and they can't understand why they're getting such a, such a mess. Underwear is a great, like if your child doesn't like to be naked or particularly with little girls, they seem to have a little more integrity about not messing their underpants, but it can be a really good natural consequence. So you could say, you know, you can wear your underpants, but if you wet them, we have to take them off till you learn better. So it's not a punishment, but your child might see it as a natural consequence and I'm okay with that. Um, and then again, that, that should take like a day or two. So realistically, like for your average kid, potty training takes anywhere from like three to 10 days. I would say seven is a more realistic, definitely not three, even for your average kid. You might start seeing a light. You might start seeing them eh, kind of click into it just a little bit, but it's not, you know, you're not gonna be ready to go to daycare. Then block three is outings. You wanna get out of the house as soon as possible so your kid doesn't get locked onto their potty chair. We all know toddlers are weird. They can get these weird, yesterday they love the vacuum, today it's the scariest dragon in the world. Yeah. So um, so you don't want them, we don't wanna foster any toddler weirdness. So you wanna get them out of the house as soon as possible. This can be particularly tricky during the pandemic and um, with a lot of bathrooms closed. If you know of places where there is a public restroom, I would absolutely go just for practice. Um, on that note, let me just say a bit about public restrooms. In your purse, have either headphones, if you guys go to concerts and have concert headphones for the child or earmuffs. 
put them on. Public restrooms are live. They're tile. Um, they're scary to the kid. And mm. most bathrooms, like think of as you're rounding the corner to come in, there's the Dyson hand dryer that's exactly as high as your kid. And it's going to go on like the minute <laughs> you walk in and your kid's going to freak. <laughs> then the other thing is um, post-it notes, carry post-it notes to cover the automatic flusher. Because when they sit, they're not weighted properly. So the automatic flusher goes off and kind of gives them a bidet. And mm. uh, you'll be done potty training for quite some time if that happens. <laughs> yeah. And so do parents um, carry around like a little seat to put on public toilets? Yeah. So you okay. can have um, a seat reducer. If you go on Amazon, there's some really cute ones that fold into quarters and you can oh, just okay. put it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. And so what it does is it reduces the size of the seat. For little boys, you can also just bring a solo cup or a mason jar. So that like you, you know, you can sit on the toilet and they can stand. Uh, what I've been saying for the pandemic, if there isn't any place open is just put the potty chair in the back of your car and go like, go to the store and just practice pottying like in the back of your, you know, like if you have a van in the back or just on the side of the, um, of the car. So you could practice at least not potty training at home. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. I, I tell this famous story all the time. I had this this couple who potty trained their little girl and the dad like treated, this is where dads are freaking ridiculously awesome. It was like a Navy SEAL assignment. He was like, dun, 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 dun. He like took her out everywhere on the weekend. She had to go back to daycare kind of quick. So they went everywhere, library, Target, like all the places. So she could just get used to peeing outside the house and it was awesome. So I would definitely, yeah. definitely do that. So your kids should be still commando at this point in time. Um, I don't care. Some people will write to me and say, you know, well, it's been six months and she doesn't want underwear. Who cares? Like uh, yeah. there's plenty of adults who go commando at this age, you're washing their clothes every time anyway. You know what I mean? So it's not like their clothes, there's not really a risk of infection. And people will say there is, but I'm like, well, underwear are just a layer of fabric. Why would there be any other risk of infection? Um, so you want to put underwear on. This is tricky. What I would do with when it comes time to put underwear on is try, and this goes too, if you have to go back to daycare and daycare insists on undies, um, do underwear only at home. So not the pants, but just the underwear. So that one layer, it kind of is like the double layer for some reason, underpants and pants seem to like muck up the kid. So try just underwear at home and make sure they can get it up and down themselves. And I would say if you have one accident, take them off because it peeing and pooping, once they start doing that in their pants, that's a horrible habit to break. So I would rather see them with, you know, go back to block one. And then the next, the next block is block five and that's self-initiation. So that's when you can, that's about three to six weeks, no, six to eight weeks after starting. So that's when you can realistically expect them to start going on their own or informing you that they have to go. So it's, it's a long time and parents really, really rush that. Um, one of the things, you know, going back to like, why doesn't your kid just use the bathroom? I'm totally fine. You want your kid to use the real toilet. That's fine. Know that you are going to be a part of that process for a very long time because you're expecting a two and a half or a three-year-old to handle a step stool, their clothing, a turnaround yeah. in the hardest tiled room of the house. Yeah. So like you, you brought up, you said it yourself, I want him to have access. Dude, yeah. You want out of this process as soon as possible. You don't <laughs> want your kid relying. <laughs> if they can go on their own, have them go on their own. Yeah. And then the last block is night and nap training. So in my book, I've separated it out. You can do just day training and do night and nap training separately. It's a, um, I will say that it's much more effective if you do night and nap together, because there's no fallback. There's absolutely no confusion. Most kids don't get confused anyway, but 
you know, if there's resistance or your kid starts holding it for night and naps, it is a more hellacious first week. So make sure you're ready for that. But in the end, it's a faster process. Um, and then night and nap training is kind of, it's, that would take me like another whole podcast, yeah. but generally speaking, you want, you know, you're going to have to wake your child to help them pee at first. And then, you know, and there is no such thing as just nap training. Cause you can't really do anything to help the child. We're still working on the daytime training, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, for the longest time, he wakes up completely dry. Like he doesn't pee overnight almost ever. And same with naps. He goes down for his nap. I take, he wakes up totally I, I dry. take that diaper off as soon as possible. As soon as you get five nights in a row dry, take it off because he will go back to it. Okay. He will eventually go back to it. So just get rid of it and just keep a loose eye in a situation like that. Like, I wouldn't say that on social media if I were you, because they might come <laughs> after you. Like you might get an angry mob chasing you. <laughs> That's a story of my life. But then, no, no, no. Then you can say, wait, I'm having trouble with pooping. So they know you're paying your dues. Um, In that case, what I would do is then just kind of keep a loose eye of like some things that can really throw night training off or like out of schedule, staying up late, um, you know, events where he might be sucking down a juice box and you're not really checking it. So just kind of keep an eye to your molars Art can really um, mess Mm. up night training. Um, So just keep an eye on those things. And then you might want to add in a wake up before you or your husband goes to bed. Just right. a quick, you know, um, sleepy, sleepy time dream pee. You should never wake the child fully. It should be like lights low and yeah. Okay. Um, you said something about if they're having accidents in their pants to, to back up to take like, the, the pants off. Block. Yeah. So yeah. if, if, because he's not so much having accidents at home because, you know, like we prompt him every now and then his potty is right there and at daycare, it's a really good setup. Like the toilets are the mini toilets. It's right like, um, off of the main playroom. Mm-hmm. So he can go over there himself if he wants, but if he, if he's having accidents at school, not all the time, but more often than he does at home, he's only wearing pants at school, um, sometimes underwear, but should we be more strict in that he should just be commando with no underwear to, to try and cut back on the accidents? Only if you can directly relate it. Only if you're like, he wore underpants, he had to, you know, an accident. And I would track it to like, it's the phenomenal thing about daycare, the bad thing phenomenal about daycare is you'll never know what happens. Do you know what I mean? So what I look at when people say like my kids having accidents, how often, you know, if it's three a day, your kid's not potty trained. That's not three accidents a day. That's not potty trained. You know what I mean? So, um, so there's that. Then there's like, there's the kind of accidents that I say you should be able to explain. So when you're kind of done potty training, your kid might have accidents. They may have accidents when they're six or seven. Do you know what I mean? doesn't mean they're not potty trained, but there should be a reason. You should say like, shit, I knew I shouldn't have run to that, to that extra errand. I, I knew I should, I, I knew I didn't ask him, you know, like then, you know, you can correct course. The thing that like, when, what we're looking at is like the kids sitting there playing and they don't even notice you know, um, or, or all of a sudden there's a cluster of accidents, you know, that could be a poop blockage. It's not just enough to say having accidents. Also, what I'm finding is a lot of people are getting strung out about accidents that are dribbles. Dribbles are not accidents. So don't call them accidents. Cause you'll, um, the kid will start to get like, fuck it. I don't care about this. If they think they're having accidents. So dribbles are part of the process. If your kid is dribbling, just go get the training pants. They're, they look like underpants, they're cloth, but they have a thick, triple layer fabric in the crotch and they're meant to soak up dribbles. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Training pins. Um, so with him, I would try to ascertain, like, also, is it a problem? Like, is daycare like, oh, that's cool. He's learning. Like, you know, nobody asked him. But if they're getting frustrated, you definitely want to try to troubleshoot. Like, what's going on? It's hard, though, with daycare because you will, again, never, ever, ever, ever know fully what's going on, how they're prompting, what sound, you know, what tone of voice they're using, um, you know, what's happening in the milieu that your kid's playing with somebody, they might just be having too good a time. Do you know what I mean? So it's, just, it's really hard to troubleshoot. But if the daycare's not giving you a hard time, I'd let it ride out because then yeah. they're seeing they're seeing it too. And they're like, oh, no, no, he's having accidents, but he's he's getting it. So yeah, that's, that's what they said to me because they report when he has accidents. I have the app that has everything yeah, yeah, listed. Yeah. Everybody so, does that, yeah. Yeah. so I'm like, is this okay? Is this normal. Cause I don't have a frame of reference of like another sure. child. Right. Yeah. So, and they were like, no, 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 he's doing great. Cause I was like, should we like stop and try again? Cause I know that's so common that people stop potty training. They try and then they stop and then they try again a few months later, but they were like, no, 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 just keep going. Like he's doing well. So we're just going to keep it up. And it's just, as a parent, you feel bad. You project own insecurities about that onto them. Whereas. Oh yeah. Cause they, what your son's miles. Is that what you said? Milo. And 20, Milo and he's 28 months. Yeah. I give a rat's ass about his friends. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like, whatever. I'm just being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I shoot my pants today. Right on. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, maybe when they're like three and a half, four, you know, we start looking at self-esteem issues, but yeah, no, he's, he's good. Good. Yeah. Um, so to end, I thought you could tell people where they can find you also where they can get your books. Um, and if you have any projects that you're working or stuff uh, going on. I know you have your courses on your website that looked awesome. Yeah, so, okay. So yeah, you can find everything at jamieglowacki.com. Um, my podcast is available on like iTunes and all the Spotify and all that. That's, um, oh crap, I love my kids, but holy fuck. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Instagram is jamieglowacki. I have a Twitter account that I don't pay attention to, so don't bug me. And I'm phasing out Facebook. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but everything's on jamieglowacki.com, including like consultations and um, courses. So you guys, I have a course in pooping. If you're having trouble pooping, it is a really big deal and it's not going to go away. So if you're, if you're really starting to struggle with poop, just get the pooping solutions. We have a night training supplement, a daycare course, and... Oh, and just the regular, like if you're not a reader and you just feel like doing like an online course with video, um, the oh crap potty training. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then your my YouTube book like, videos, your YouTube videos are great. I'm all over. Yeah. YouTube is oh crap with Jamie. And that's like a lot of videos. And then I also have a shit ton of blog posts at hello.jamieglowacki.com, but you can link that through my website. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll put everything yep. in the episode notes so that people can cool. find it easily. Yeah. There's a lot, like one of the things that irritates me is how much content I put out and people like, will like read half my book and be like, well, this didn't work. I have so many videos on like resistance and, um, you know, what to do, how to help them, you know, in all these various situations. So yeah, there's a lot. And just because your kid is struggling doesn't mean you should abandon it. You guys, it really doesn't, you know? Yeah, totally. And I, I felt like that, like anytime, well, because again, I'm sharing everything on social media, but a lot of people are quick to say like, don't stress if you have to stop and then start again. And I'm like, no, like, I don't think that's the best advice either. Like we're, we're in this, like we're committed to doing it, but I can see where people, you know, you have one person say that to you and you're like, oh, okay. Like 
I'm, we're going to quit and start again. It's such again. a fine line. It's so funny you say that, Renee, because it is such a fine line because like, I don't want anybody to stress out. We're way overthinking all of parenting. But on the other hand, I get like these disasters because nobody's actively parenting anymore, you know? And my, my second book is about toddler behavior. And I'm a real firm believer in Kim John Payne's from zero to six, we govern from six to 12, we garden and from 12 to 18, we guide. And too many people are like, I'm just going to let him choose his own way. You're going to have a disaster when that kid's 10. Like you really have to like shape the rules and the boundaries. And that doesn't have to look mean or strict, but you do have to parent. So I would say like, yes, if potty training is making you cry, 100%, like take a break for sure. But also don't be so, um, I don't know, parenting is not easy. I don't, we got yes. this idea that number one, it's easy. And number two, there really is a perfect way to do this, you know? And it's like, no, I think it's the expectations. And what really helped me, cause I found on day three of potty training, I was feeling really stressed. My husband could yep. care less. Like he was totally fine. That's why um, guys are like sometimes so they, cause they don't care as much. Like yeah. they're just like, okay, well do this. Yeah. So yeah, I was feeling stressed. And then I went back in your book and I was reading the parts about, um, not putting so much pressure on, on your yeah. toddler, because even though I knew that beginning, I think as the days went on, I started to kind of yeah. roll into that and like being pressured and always like on him and constantly talking to him, like you were saying. Yeah. And then I yeah. read those parts over and I was like, okay, tomorrow I am stepping back and my husband can kind of take the lead. And then it was a great day. Like he did awesome. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to keep going back to that section and reading it. And you know, you have to recognize that it's out of love. I mean, for some people it's out of anxiety, but like, we want to do the best we can, you know, but let me assure you, like it's, you're going to fuck it up. Not, if not potty chaining something else, like, don't worry, your kid's going to need therapy about something. So you might as well just jump into, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I say, I have a blog post why I say for therapy and not college, you know, because it just makes it easier when you know, you know, if you go into, if you go into parenting thing, I'm got to do it right. You're going to be so filled with anxiety. When you go into it saying, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to learn along the way that just sounds more graceful. Like you have more grace with yourself, with your child. And then you're on this like wonderful journey together. And that's really what it should be. Yeah, for sure. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I am so excited to get this episode out. Um, Yeah. So everyone, you can uh, go to the links in the episode notes and you can find Jamie and consume all her great content. Consume Um, my content. (laughs) Yes. So thank you so much. All right. Awesome. Rock on you guys. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship topics. Yeah, like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.